welcome to Recovery Internet Radio Broadcast, live and direct from Straight Stuff Studios. Hope you're having a beautiful Father's Day weekend, and happy Father's Day to all of our fathers out there, and happy Father's Day to mine, who happens to be sitting in a chair about 10 feet from me. Uh, we're, I don't, we lost track of the number of episodes, but we're well into our second year, and uh, thank you very much for, for joining us here tonight and every Sunday at 7 p.m. We're happy to have you. We've got a great show for you tonight. I've got a couple of quick announcements, if uh, if you'd bear with me. Nothing serious. I'd just like to send a quick shout-out to our uh, mentoring program that we uh, are heavily involved in called Sidekicks Mentoring. We will actually be uh, in the Cardboard Cup Regatta here in beautiful Crystal Lake, Illinois, uh, the 28th Saturday of uh, uh, two, weekend, two weekends from now. Yeah, two weekends from now. Yeah, absolutely. Look for the pirate ship. Look for the, yeah, Yarst. Avast, and it'll say sidekicks on the mm-hmm. side. So we'd love to, we'd love to see you out there. We're hopefully uh, going to sink some mentees. So yeah, it should be, it should be a and fun I've got, time. I've got my money on 15 seconds of float. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> shooting for best uh, best sinking, which is yeah. uh, which is a, a what prize they award. So we'll, we'll we'll hope for the best. Also, I'd like to say, uh, you know, if you haven't gone and done it already, I've been pitching it for a long time now. Go and check out Double Take. They're a great local Chicago band. They do a lot of cover music. Uh, according to their website from from the 50s, 60s to today. Um, and check out their website. It's doubletakechicago.com, and it'll start playing Brick House. You know, make sure your speakers are turned up real loud. I'll surprise the heck out of you. It's really fun. But they've got a gig coming up on the 21st at Luigi's House in Julian Bar. That's in Aurora. So uh, check out their website for uh, all their upcoming events. And with that, I'd like to pass the mic over to Mr. Rick Atwater, our host, Yay. Should I play? Should I play the applause music here? There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll play the. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, yeah. So welcome tonight. You know, I was just thinking. You know, we. It's Father's Day. I, I thought Father's Day was yesterday. You were the one that straightened me out. It's oh, today. I will straighten you out all the time. Yeah. You, so I, I don't know what I was thinking, but. So I kind of personally, I sort of celebrated Father's Week, and uh, that's the way I worked it. There's but anyway. nothing wrong with over-celebrating. No, no I, I don't. I always said that. No. Yeah, I, can, mm-hmm. I can vouch for that. It, it is true. Yeah. About maybe, maybe 14 days. I mean, it's been a, it's yeah. been a while. New lawnmower, a new drill. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a solid week for you, man. It has. It's been big. So welcome, everybody, to Recovery Internet Radio um, and our show, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Tonight, our tag, and I think you'll like this one, brought to us by Kathy herself, the Queen of Denial, spelled D-E-N-I-L-E. I don't know. That was my spelling. We could have gone with the regular spelling, I guess. It really doesn't matter. It was spelled both ways. I think we'll get the, I think we'll get the, we'll get the point across. Yes, it is the point. So anyway, thanks for joining us tonight, where we are every, every Sunday night at 7. Indeed. And uh, thanks to our engineer, Chris, um, and our guest, Kathy B. Woo-hoo. You can call in to the show for questions, comments, or opinions at 323-792-2977, our regular call-in number. You, or you can tweet us live at Rick Atwater. Please do. Please do. We'd love to have questions or comments. And uh, remember to check out recoveryinternetradio.com. That's recoveryinternetradio.com for all our archive shows and recovery resources. So let's light this candle, shall we? Why not? <laughs> all right. 
I, I anyway, thanks for coming out tonight. It's uh, it's uh, nice to have you, and um, and so I'm just. I was just. I know you enough to know a little bit about your story, so I, I was interested. And one of the, the first thing I wanted to ask you is: were were you, to your knowledge, ever a normal drinker? No, I was not. I uh, I didn't really start drinking till I was in college. I smoked pot in high school. I was a flower child. Oh, okay. And I can count on like one hand the number of times I drank alcohol when I was in high school, and uh, each time it was to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in college um, was when I really discovered mostly beer. I mm-hmm. drank wine and beer, was not a hard alcohol drinker. And um, I would say I got to daily drinking by the time I was a junior in college. Oh, okay. And uh, I didn't get drunk every night, yeah. but uh, that's it's not normal to <laughs> drink every <laughs> single night. Yeah. So, uh, so no, yeah, I moved right not. into not being a normal drinker. Um but I'm sure you didn't, that's only in hindsight. I mean. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. I had no idea that, uh, that it was a problem at that time. Do you, what is a normal drink? I mean, this is hey. off the reservation already, but what, what, <laughs> what is what a normal drink? What could that Well, do we know? I don't, you know, it's not me. There's plenty of lists for, you know, things that might make you not a normal drinker, but there's not very many lists that you could fill out that say, oh, yeah, I'm good. Well, it's that, you know, that whole thing can you take it or leave it? And yeah. um, and and I I couldn't leave it. Yeah. So yeah, um, I had a I from the get go. Once I started drinking, probably you know sophomore junior year, um, there was no telling where it would go, and I wanted to drink every day. There was. Yeah. That was just my yeah. beverage. That was my evening beverage. Some people like Diet Dr. Pepper. You're eating <laughs> beverage. Right. Uh, yeah, Diet Dr. Pepper, iced tea. Beer. Beer. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm. St- you know, the normal thing, like when, when uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll ask people that from time to time, you know, what's normal, and the take it or leave it thing comes up, and it's like, um, well, I just, you know, I could take it or leave it. I just don't want to leave it. So it's my yeah. choice. Right. <laughs> oh, so I have a choice, so therefore I don't have a problem. I'm sure that's what I thought back then. Okay, because it gets <laughs> yeah. really difficult to put your finger on that whole oh, normal yeah. thing, you know. But I know somebody who's normal when I see them. I just know it's not me. <laughs> yeah, like if you saw them, and, and you could, you'd know that that, that yeah. wasn't like you. The person you go out to dinner with and, and leaves their half a glass of wine there. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people like, how many? I said, how many times this week have you thought about playing Monopoly? And they always go, I, <laughs> I didn't even think about playing Monopoly. Exactly. exactly. That's how normal drinkers think about alcohol. Yeah. They just don't. They don't. It. You do it's not fun. have a Monopoly problem. So we don't have. At, at least you don't have okay. a Monopoly problem. No, I don't. Thank God for that. <laughs> okay. So, do you have um, any addiction stuff in your family? Um, in your family of origin or? Oh, yeah. Is this something we can talk about a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, my uh, fraternal grandfather was uh, a great drunk. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was a dentist, and uh, the story goes that when he had a patient, my grandmother would go next door to the bar and get him so that he could work on his patient. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he was highly successful. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result, my father never drank. And... Mm-hmm. Um, 
to this day. He'll have a, he'll have probably six beers a year. Yeah. That's, that's because he saw. That's because he's yeah. He saw what it did. He saw what it did and um, experienced it, I suppose. Yeah, that's my dad's side of the family. On my mother's side of the family, I had uh, teetotaler grandparents. Um, but I believe my great grandfather may have had an alcohol problem. It's unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, but but my mother is a good wino, and um, I have about a fifty percent alcoholism rate in in my family. Come from a family of nine kids. Okay. So. So, so four and a half of us are drunk. Four and a half of you are drunks. <laughs> four point five. Four point five. There's those There's numbers the again. again yeah. Yeah. There's the numbers again. So uh, yeah, they say you know, I mean, they say it skips a generation. I don't, I don't know if that's if that's statistically. You know, I wonder if it skips a generation or if there's just enough effect on a generation that that generation avoids it at all costs. Yeah. You know, you just don't yeah. know. Uh, like that it's a genetic thing, but that it's like an experience thing. That if you live exactly. through it and you see the it's negative just, side of it. So, it's so mm-hmm. abhorrent. To right. Well, I have a couple of sisters it. who say, I don't want to get like mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and I have one that has said to me, you know, I know by the way alcohol takes the edge off, I could get that way. And yet, so she just abstains. She does. I mean, not not a hundred percent, but she does. Yeah. yeah, she's just careful. Yeah, very well. And she's the one that uh, we went on a vacation, and she got pretty ripped and said, "I've got to stop drinking now because I'm, I'm too tipsy." I'm like, "Oh yeah, right." Honey, <laughs> yeah. you don't know about tipsy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to see tipsy? I'll show you. Thankfully, tipsy. I was already sober at the time, and I was the DD. So. Yeah. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and who says tipsy anyway? Yeah, you know? really. I know. Drunks, I know. drunks don't say tipsy, you know, as far as I know. I know. Mm-mm. I mean, I've never used that term in no. public. I would never I would never say that. Yeah. <laughs> you ever say that? Tipsy? Tipsy. Really. Were you ever no. tipsy? No, I don't think you were. Yeah, I'm tipsy. Yeah, we don't get tipsy, and we don't, don't, don't go cocktailing very, no. very often. Mm-mm. That's the point. I, never, I always thought that was a funny word. Cocktail. I did, too. I never knew I never knew that, that you could turn it's cocktail into a verb. <laughs> I never <laughs> I never knew that until really. I yeah, never I think knew that until like recent, yeah. really almost like the last couple of years. I heard quite urban say that. anyway. It's urban, it's very urban, I'm sure. So, when did you figure you crossed the line as far as it was like when you were daily drinking or? Well, no, oh no, way way further than that. Daily drinking was minimal. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> it was. It was when it was when I got set one day and and uh, had a morning drink. Mm. And uh, and that was pretty cool, you know. Mm. I thought, you know, and I knew that was you've done it now. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Because a daily drinker is one thing, but all day daily drinker is another. Okay. It's yeah. Quite another. Yeah. That well, and that is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a, you know I mean I'm thinking about um, you know when I when you ask alcoholics questions, not recovering alcoholics, but non-recovering alcoholics, you have to be very careful how you ask the question. Like, you know, like you just made the distinction between daily, all day drinking uh-huh. and daily, and daily drinking. drinking. So, yeah. And that was, but that was the line for me. Even yeah. though I know today I crossed that line way before then. Okay. But when I knew I crossed the line. It was that. Was when how I much was after, all day daily drinker. How much after your junior year in college was that when you, when? Oh, goodness. That was probably... 
15, 20 years almost. Okay. So. Yeah, quite a while. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Think. Get, get your... Get your uh, get your numbers, <laughs> get your points. Right about eighteen, yeah, well, 15, 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd been you'd been been working on it for quite some time. Right. Right. And it's interesting that you said I got upset, and that was so that, that was an excuse to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was. I mean, it, I suppose it was an excuse, or it was just what your brain needed to make that happen. You're right. When you're, I mean, you know, is there a difference between an excuse and denial? No. But my denial was a different matter altogether. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then, can we talk about that? Sure. So how did you manage then to go from daily drinking to the daily all-day drinking, or starting with the morning drink stuff, and know that know now that you had a problem way back then. What did you have to tell yourself in order to keep going? What kinds of stuff did did you or did you even think about it? Are you talking about before or after I got into recovery? Well, before. Now, before, before I got it. Yeah, because there's that. There's a difference. There's a yeah, big difference. Big difference. Big difference. Um, I really thought that. Uh, sipping all day, you know, would keep me pretty even keeled. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing was, even though I was drinking all day, I wasn't drinking a whole lot all day. Right. You You're know, just sipping. I just let it go at night sometimes, not every single night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's kind of, that was my denial, was I was keeping it together. You know, okay. I own my own business, which, of course, is dangerous. Yeah. For a drunk, yeah, and um, and I was keeping it all together. Were you um, high strung that you needed oh, to that you needed to keep it together? How do you like that term, <laughs> high strung? Have you ever, how, when's the last time you heard that one? High strung. High strung. You know, it's funny because one of your questions that you had given me in advance said you know changed, yeah. and I started writing down, oh yeah, I'm much calmer now. But don't ask the people I work with today. Because they didn't know me then. They 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 no still idea. think you're high strong. Exactly, they do. Yeah, I know they do. But I'm like so much different. But yes, I was high strung. But um, yeah, so alcohol kind of mellowed me. A bit. So so let's t- let's describe for those of those in the our listening audience who might not be. Not might not understand exactly what high strung means. What was high strung for you? Uh, um, like uh, likely to likely to get angry, um, highly emotional, easily hurt. Actually, it's uh, easily agitated. I think okay. mostly easily agitated. And people in, pissed you off. No, people didn't piss me off so much as situations would piss me off. Okay, and they still do today. Um, but. Now I recognize that they do. Okay. <laughs> I know that's weird, but sometimes I say these things happen to me only because they they irritate me more than other people. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was true back then. But I would, I mean, I would think that it was the end of the world. You know, if something was going wrong, it was just um, it was too much, just too much. And it could so be a, a fairly be, small thing. Uh huh. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, uh, I, I told you I was a landscaper and, and just 
In fact, the thing that got me uh, that first drink in the morning uh, that got me irritated was I um, I got a call that my crew had broken a water main at somebody's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the water had been turned off, the plumber had been called, but that was it. I was off and running. It was just then. Freaking out. It was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we broke three or four more water mains yeah. <laughs> when I had that business. Mm-hmm. None of them freaked me out like the first one did, but... <laughs> Yeah, okay. But, yeah, but that kind of stuff, I mean, some people would, yeah, they would, you know, get, you know. Some people would handle it. They would handle it. They would go right to what's the solution, where are we at? Yes, exactly. What do do I need to do to fix this? You, on the other hand, you were freaking out (laughs) and then taking a drink. Yeah, exactly. I got you. Okay. Exactly. All right. So um, we we talked about um, the, the... this thing that you heard. Now, maybe I'm jumping ahead, so tell me you if are. you you know, the, the, the theory about about the first one gets you yeah. drunk. Yeah, well, well, okay, let's, maybe let's back up. We'll get to that one. Yeah, get me into recovery. First. All right, let's get to recovery. So, okay, let's, so take me from where you are to what happens next in the, in the life of Kathy B. Well, about five years after that happened, um, I was at home, and I had a number of tasks to do, um, I was doing some mending. I had a landscape design to take care of. Of all things, I had dishes to do um, and one or two other chores. And the only thing I could think about was the fact that I did not have enough wine in the house for the day. Hmm. I could think of nothing else. And I kept trying to go from task to task to task. And finally, I had a moment of clarity that said, you're out of your mind because Hmm. you cannot concentrate on any one little thing because you just don't have enough wine in the house. So I made a phone call. Mm-hmm. And I, I called a, a therapist who was a friend of the family mm-hmm. and um, made an appointment to go see her that day and finished off the wine I had in the house. Mm-hmm. Didn't go get any more. Yeah. <laughs> so, and patted yourself back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For well, having I, control. You know, yeah, I wasn't going to waste it. Yeah. So um, anyway, I did go see her that afternoon and, and, she told me that she would like me to go see a treatment counselor, which you, totally threw me for a loop. Were you lit when you went to see her? No. You waited, no. you waited until after? Oh uh, Yeah. I mean, it had been from the time I finished off the wine until I saw her, it was like six, eight hours. So. Okay. So yeah. you weren't. Yeah, no. I was fine. You got lit. I was freaked out, but I was fine. You got lit and then unlit before <laughs> yeah, you saw her. Exactly. Sobered okay. up. Sobered <laughs> up before you saw the counselor. Oh, he's a good idea. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, he's a good idea. <laughs> I didn't yeah. pat myself on the back for that, though. <laughs> okay, so you made the phone call, and because you, you knew that you were, you thought you were crazy, or no, I knew I knew alcohol was alcohol was a problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> At that point. That you knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be called um, the the obsession. Oh yeah. You know the obsession compulsion. of alcohol, the mm-hmm. compulsion sure. to drink. The obs- that the definition of alcoholism, I guess. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. The obsession. <sighs> yeah. Thinking about it and then doing it. And then doing it, the yeah. compulsion, yeah. Okay. So then you went to see a treatment counselor. So then I went into treatment. I Well, yeah, she wanted me to be a treatment counselor, and um, which surprised me. I thought, you know, that she would fix me. And then I went to see the treatment counselor, and then they told me I'd be going to AA, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, was, I was freaked out. I was yeah. scared. I was freaked out. So I was following what anybody told me to do, I was doing. Were you and, married at the time? Mm, oh, yeah. I'd been yeah. married for uh, 13 years by then. Okay. Yeah. 
And um, had your husband expressed any concern about? Well, it up every once then? in a while, he'd you know, he'd sometimes he'd be concerned. Sometimes you know, a little bit, maybe not. I mean, Rizzo wasn't too bad, you know. Yeah. But, um, his biggest concern was after I spoke when that's over. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that part we'll get to. Yeah. Okay. So the, the treatment counselor suggested you go into treatment? Yeah. I, it was an outpatient treatment program, a okay. nine-month program, you know, and it yeah. was like five days a week for the first six weeks, yeah. three days a week for the next six weeks, and then one day a week for the next, for, I don't know, up to nine. It was nine months. It was a nine-month program. And then they told me I'd be going to AA, did that, did that the next day. So within the, the manner of four days, I was already in an AA meeting. And, um, and I stayed sober for 45 days. Okay. Let me back up a minute when you said um, you went to that initial counselor mm-hmm. and you thought she would fix you. Did you think there was, like, psychologically you were... I didn't really screwed up so that then then you needed to drink or you know some you know I didn't really things. feel that way I I I never thought that it was my brain making me do it I mean I I just figured I was dependent on alcohol okay you so know. what you you pretty much had the drill by the time but you were surprised that she sent you on to a, to a treatment center to a treatment center. I didn't know enough <laughs> you knew a little but you didn't know enough yeah <laughs> right. I have not researched alcoholism let me put it that way yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. And, I, and it's probably like most people, you don't... Yeah, you don't think... I didn't think about it. I didn't even know anything about treatment centers. You know, no, if you think... And if you think ahead, you probably wouldn't do it. Probably not. You know, I mean, probably God knows with, 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 with AA, they don't, you know... Well, and if she had told me, I'm not going to help you, I need you to go to AA, there's a good chance I might not have done that. Right. So that the, so the process took, it was good. was yeah. good that mm-hmm. gave you a chance to accept the pieces as you went yeah. along and yeah. then... So within four days you're in an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. When you do you remember you remember your first meeting? Absolutely do. What, what, what? I even remember who took chips. Really? Absolutely do. I mean, do you still know those people? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you have an exceptionally good memory, or no? Is it that just was that, that was became so... my home group. Oh, okay. So you, yeah. you knew those folks. Yeah, it was a Saturday meeting, and this was a Saturday offshoot of my home group. And um, it happened to be their celebration meeting, which, now this is California. Right. You know, they don't have anniversaries there. They have birthdays, and everybody sings, and you have cake. Right. And, and chips are a big deal. Yeah. You know, and all that's a real big deal, which is part of the story. Yeah. Um, so I remember the people who took chips, especially the 30 and 60 and 90 days. Yeah. Because that was impressive, you know. Sure. And to me, I was close to them. Right. And sobriety. And um, and then they said, you know, we have a meeting here. This was on Saturday. They said we have a meeting here every single weekday at 7 in the morning. And I'm like, I can do that. I'm self-employed. I can do that. So. And that's what you did. Did mm-hmm. you do Did you do the 90 meetings in 90 days thing? Or did you? Um, I don't think I did at that time because I was in the treatment thing. But I went to that. I went to that group almost every single day. Yeah. I mean, but it wasn't a, a structured ninety and ninety. I mean, I'm pretty sure I probably did about hundred and twenty and ninety. So it didn't really kind of matter. Right. <laughs> right. So. But it wasn't. That wasn't something that you were. Because I know. I, you know. Maybe they don't do that in California. They do do that in California. Oh, they do. 90, they do. But a, yeah. But the treatment center were, didn't. Okay. So when you're in the treatment center, there, there wasn't a big push at the beginning right. for us to get sponsors. 
you know, it's like they've got you kind of a thing. Right. You know, they're structuring their program for you. Right. And so they don't ask you to go get also another structure through a sponsor. Right. Which I don't know that that's all that great, but um, but that's why the 90 and 90 wasn't happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But but uh, ostensibly it did happen anyway. Yes. So. Uh-huh. Plenty of people use that term. Yeah. So anyway, so you were the, so you were sober for 45 days. I was sober for 45 days. And then I was at uh, I had heard the first drink will get you drunk. Okay, this I, is our this is the theory. This is the theory. It's, and, it's the um, first one, not yeah, the last one. The first one, one right, mm-hmm. right, right. And of course, I told you I remember all the people that I saw at my very first AA meeting. Still friends with them. Well, I was listening carefully. I'm a good study. It does not do me well in many cases, but I am a good study. So you were paying close paying attention. Close attention. It sounds like you might have been playing close attention to the loophole. <laughs> exactly. But close but, attention yeah, nevertheless. Right. Right. Okay. Word for word. Right. Word for word. You guys said. <laughs> the first drink will get you drunk. And uh, so I was at home and I still had the little tiny bottles of wine in the house because I used them for cooking. I had gotten rid of my drinking wine. And... I have no idea what thought preceded the fact that I thought I'd try that out to see if that really, really would happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I did, and I didn't get drunk. And that day? That day, and I didn't have anything to drink the next day or the next day, but then the next day after that I did. So. Um, did you eventually get drunk? Oh, yeah. Um, not very often. But yeah. yeah, I did. I did eventually get. I mean, I was. I was always trying to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're hiding, that was the biggest problem. Is everybody still thought I was sober? Oh, okay. I wasn't telling anybody okay. that I had taken a drink. And that makes it hard to it drink. Very difficult to drink. Um, not well, only just, that, you know, you're lying. So that makes it. <sighs> that makes it really hard on yourself. Uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Awkward. Oh yeah, I'm taking chips. Yeah. I took a sixty-day chip. Yeah. And I wasn't sober, you know. And um, so I was, I was out of my mind, and I was hiding it. And it took um, – I'm trying to think about the timeline here. So it took about five months. My husband started suspecting because, of course, as you get away with it, you get more reckless. Mm-hmm. And he started suspecting that um, perhaps I wasn't sober. And he, um, he actually caught me sneaking a drink. Were you still and, drinking those little bottles? Or oh, heck go no. Out, you went out and got <laughs> well, them. actually, I was sometimes. Because they're easier to sneak. I mean, oh, I'm they just, are. They're easy, know, and they're, they're easy to hide in the car. I mean, yeah. you know, they're just easy. So. Yeah, you put them in your pocket, but oh, you, yeah. don't put, you, don't, you don't put more than one in each pocket <laughs> because they actually, clink. Actually, I didn't do the pocket thing. No, okay. yes, they would clink. They would clink, yeah, and then people the would thing. But I knew every hiding place. I had a truck, and I knew every hiding place in my truck. Okay. Yeah. And I would, so I would you had roll that. away wine. It was wine at that yeah. time. And um, I would, I mean, I would, I'd buy it. I'd bring it home. I'd pour it into liter bottles mm-hmm. and then get rid of the, um, get rid of the, whatever it was I had bought, gallon or whatever. Right. Uh, and, uh, to, uh, but I'd take it to the recycle center. I was a responsible drunk. You would recycle. I would recycle. Good. Good for you. 
Thank God. I mean, I mean, it's just it makes me it's good that there's a silver lining. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah good. you know that that was one of the yeah, things. Even nice. before I came into the program, it was hilarious. I used to hide my empties. Yeah. You know, some people they hide their bottles. Yeah. I would hide my empties because my husband knew I was drinking at that time, right? Yeah. So I'd always have something in the refrigerator. But then, you know, when it would get to the empty part, I'd hide it and, you know, stick another one in there. I you didn't want them to know how how much. Yeah. No, so I would you could hide know my that empties. you were drinking, but not how much right. you were drinking. I would hide my empties till recycling. You know that whole thing day. about the recycling and the wine is so California. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It kind of is, isn't it? It kind of is. I mean, yeah. but so anyway, so that's you know. You know, back to the back to the first one. So, how how do you see that theory now? The first one absolutely gives you the compulsion and the obsession right back. Okay. And if you can't get rid of the obsession and the compulsion, you are doomed. And that must have been what they meant. Of course, but it's not like they don't tell literal. you that. <laughs> it's not literal. They didn't say it wasn't literal. They didn't tell me that. If you so. thought that the, see the little bottle didn't yeah. get me drunk. <laughs> Just took you know five four or five yeah. months. Oh and then, goodness! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna we're we're about halfway there, so I think we're gonna stop here, and we're gonna. Oh, good. Maybe I'll get sober after the break. Get sober after the break. We'll okay. go to the sobriety, <laughs> and we'll go to recovery, and we will. What are we gonna hear? We're gonna listen to a little uh, a little track called "Willin" by Linda Ronstadt. Okay. So uh, thanks for being with us here tonight. Hope you enjoy the music. We'll be back with you in just a minute. All right. Walk by the rain, driven by the snow, I'm drunk and dirty, don't you know that I'm still willing. Out on the road, late last night, I see my pretty Alice in every headline. Oh! 
Welcome back. Thanks for being here with us tonight on Recovery Internet Radio. Check us out at recoveryinternetradio.com for all our past archive shows, and you can just check and see what we got, what we're up to the next week there as well, as long as as well as lots of other fun stuff. So, uh, we're having a great conversation with Kathy B here tonight. Um, thanks for being with us here tonight, and uh, let's let's get right back to it. I think we're at a good we're at a good point. Where where were we? Well, where we were <laughs> is we were just. Uh, I think we got sober and we stayed sober 45 days. Right, and we, we did. talked about the theory of the first one and went through that a little bit. And then, um, so what I, I guess piece I wanted to talk about before we get to, to we'll go a little further with the recovery thing is, so we just started talking about how hard that was to lie, how hard that was to be, you know, the deception and then the guilt and the shame associated with that. So. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, sure. Um, you know, I was one of the problems with my home group was a morning group. Hmm. <laughs> that was actually a problem mm-hmm. because you know I would go to the meeting sober. Yeah. And then I had all day <laughs> to do whatever it was I was going to do. Right. Um, and that was a problem. Um, I kept it a secret. At I told you that my my husband caught me drinking. Yeah. At, at one point and. I realized how sick I was when uh, I was still in that nine-month program at that time. Um, I was seven months in, I think. And I said to him, he was in the family portion with me, and I said to him, um, if you tell the counselors about this, I'll stop going to treatment. And I thought about what I had said to him for about 24 hours and then I said that was absolutely wrong, and I went in and told them myself, mm. and I told them what I had told him. And after that, you know, I was freaked out a little bit, stayed mm. sober for maybe, I don't know, a week or two, mm-hmm. and then started the whole thing again. And after that, I don't think I, I, don't think I went more than a week without drinking at any one time, and that mm. went on for two years. Mm. So... Uh, two years total from my first day in to when I actually got sober. Um, that second time when when you when you went and you told on yourself mm-hmm. and you recognized how sick you were, I think most people would say, "Well, my God, isn't that enough?" Wouldn't that do it? Wouldn't that do it? You know, here's the thing. That's where that compulsion. Yeah. There was a lot of things going on there, and. I can look back now and I can say that this might be part of it and not to disparage the program in California, but length of time in sobriety is extremely valued there. And um, it's a great cause for celebration. It is. But then after a relapse, one feels so... uh, like a failure, mm-hmm. like a total failure. Yeah, like there's all this energy devoted to celebrating these anniversaries. Right. So if you right. don't make it, yeah, you, have if you to, don't you make have to, it, you have to be the one that comes. Why in and couldn't says, you? Uh, and you know, um, gotta send the cake. So back. a lot of that, a, part of that was was why I continued to lie. Another reason I continued to lie was because I refused to leave. And I thought, if I go in there and tell them every single day I drank yesterday, every single day I drank yesterday, eventually I'm going to get looks that are going to 
that are going to put me right out the door. And I thought, if I, I can't do that. I've got to stick around. I've got to see if I can get this thing. So, so wanting it made me lie, which I know sounds really sick, mm-hmm. but it did. It was the only way for me, for me, in, your, in, in your my mind, brain, to stick around. They would kick you out if they knew. Well, the I knew they wouldn't kick me out. I mean, I knew plenty, but yeah. I, I knew they wouldn't kick me out. I just, you know, I didn't want to disappoint Right. And after, but after a while, they figured it out too because they would ask me, so "How many days you have now?" And I would say, "I'll let you know when I have thirty days." Wow. So once right. that happened, that was about six months before I got sober. Once that happened, they stopped asking. Right. So, um, and then once I had, I came in and I had admitted, you know, that I'd been drinking and stuff. I had stopped in chips finally, and. Um, because I used to take I used to take 30 day chips when I didn't have a day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd take 60 day chips and you know then I'd come in and say, well, I, yeah, I've been drinking all this time. Um, one time, uh, a woman came to me and she said, I am so worried about you because the times that you're drinking is getting closer and closer together. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that? Well, no, they weren't. Oh. And I, I truthfully said to her, Patty, the times that I'm being honest are getting closer and closer together. <laughs> My drinking hasn't changed at all. In the last 18 months. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and that was the absolute truth, you know, and that was kind of a moment of clarity for me. Right. That it's like, I can't stand this anymore. This is just getting old. You know? Right. So. So it's almost like you had an honesty problem. Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, the drinking. Yeah, the drinking was incidental. It was the honesty problem. Yeah. So. Well, but I wonder if, if you know, a lot, would if you put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and it may be difficult, but I've heard a lot of times, oh, you know, I, I they shamed me or. I, I I just don't want to deal with that because I you know whatever I those people blah 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 you know but you didn't do that you... I never felt that way yeah I never felt that way I always you know even when I could tell I had disappointed people they never shamed me I I never felt unwelcome you know I never felt that I couldn't go back and see that's a great message because I think people don't understand that there's a difference between when you feel ashamed exactly and when other people because exactly when you feel ashamed that's not that's yours yeah sure. it's on you yeah, yeah. I don't for mean, somebody else that they, they you know they don't know they don't know what's going on in there they're being supportive right. they're being, they were you know. they were totally supportive yeah. you know I, I remember specifically things you know where I would have admitted I had I admitted at a meeting and some guy I didn't even know said you know what it takes what it takes and that meant so much to me to hear that from him. Mm-hmm. Didn't know the guy. And that's why I asked that question about, um, you know, having gone through that, that business of having fess up finally when your husband yeah. caught you. And then and people would think, isn't that enough? And the truth is what, he, what that man said. Uh-huh. It takes, it what, takes, it takes. what it takes. And it, you know, and it, it, it took a lot for me. Were obviously. you, did, were you scared during that period of time or? Yeah, I scared my, I, I was scared. In fact, I was trying, I was reaching and trying all sorts of things. Somebody sent me to a therapist that they had known. And this therapist was a recovering alcoholic, you know, and I said to her, I said, and, and I drove 
I think it was 70 miles to go see her. Yeah, uh, and uh, oh, and I'd buy wine on the way home. But um, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know about the L.A. area, driving 70 miles is no small. It's no small. That's pack of lunchtime. Yeah. So, um, but I would, I would, go, I would go see her, and um, and oh, and I'd look around in the store, by the way, on the way home to see if I knew anybody. This is 70 miles from my home, so I'm sick. Um, Check around and see if yeah, you knew anybody you know before that. you bought the yeah. wine. Yeah. Would that would that have stopped you? No. <laughs> Maybe. And, uh, probably. I don't and know. Have we switched to box yet, or are we still? Oh, I was I was on and off box all the time. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. It was no big deal. I'll, I'll have to tell you a little home story after I tell you this. Okay. But anyway, I said to her, "What did it take for you?" And she just looked at me point blank and said, "I see you." You know, she landed. She landed in the emergency room. They thought she was on death's door, and you know, and she got sober. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, is I was, unless I got in an auto accident, I was not going to get there because I was hiding it. So I wasn't drinking enough to get to ICU. Right. So you know. So that wasn't going to be your road. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. So you were going to tell a hiding story? Oh, this is hilarious. Okay, it's um, it's now it's the year 1995. And it is the San Diego World Convention, mm-hmm. of which I have a commitment to do registration. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't live in San Diego, but my brother does. And he was going to be gone for the weekend. And he said, but you can use my house. And I said, okay, fine. So I went down there and I bought a box of wine uh, on my way. Mm-hmm. And I hid it in his house. Now, he's not home. Nobody around that house knows me. But I hid the <laughs> <laughs> like did you, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, and I knew when I was doing it how sick that was, but I still did it. <laughs> it's like oh it's like one of those things where you lie even when lying is not when necessary. When it's not necessary, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. that's pretty sick. So hiding wasn't necessary, but you. But I still anyway. did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You know, God forbid anybody found me out. You know. What do you think that was? Well, that had. I'm sure that that had a lot to do with um, me wanting to look good. Okay. You know, I'm, there's a family dynamic where I was the smart one. Mm. Um, I was always the one who, um, I, never, I did things, but I never got caught. Mm. My little sister who always got caught. So it was like, why can't you be more like your sister? You know, this kind of thing. And what was interesting was I was, I was ashamed um, that I needed help and needed that I was a drunk, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of funny that the t- tables got turned and my sisters, one of my sisters, I have many, said to me, but you're the one who got sober. Mm. See, so again, one more time, I'm the good one. I see. And, you know, I couldn't, couldn't let them down. Yeah, that's a hard thing to live up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when alcoholism starts taking you out, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're. It doesn't mean that you're not a good one. It just means you're alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. But still, I'm a drunk. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it was interesting you, when I took my first yeah. year cake. That's what we call it in California. Yeah. When I took my first year cake, three years after I had started the program, right. everybody could figure it out. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. Anybody that had any kind of math skills at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like my mom's like, what? And I said, had a few problems, mom. A couple of bumps in the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was enough for her? And it was just like, okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah. That was good. Yeah. 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 And so your whole family knew about... They knew I was in the program, yeah. They didn't know what the... 
details were. Yeah, they in, didn't know the details of my relapsing at all. Yeah. Because nobody else was in the program. Yeah. So it was just my husband and program people who knew that. Yeah, I, I really think that that's pretty, you know, the fact, you know, the way you explained it helps me to understand. I mean, on the one hand, I would say it's pretty remarkable that you hung in there. But the reason you hung in there was because that was, that was you know, the program was what's, what supported you. You needed to do that. Yeah. You needed yeah. to be the good person. Well, yeah, that was part of it. I needed to be the good person, but I also wanted to stop drinking. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere, you know, somehow. I would, I would hang on to that thing about having a desire to drink, and I would actually say to my sponsor, I want to have a desire to have a desire. Yeah. You know, and, and I've heard that since then from other people. So I, I totally understand it when they say that. Yeah. It's like I, I have a desire to not have the obsession. Yeah. However. However, I have the obsession. I still have the and obsession. And you know, and I'm a very self-indulgent person. So oh, there you go. There you go. So you got, so, so finally. Finally, um, I had gone on a retreat with uh, my sponsor um, and uh, I, my parents were out of town. I went to their house after the retreat and proceeded to get pretty loaded and then drove myself home, as good drunks do. And uh, the next day, my husband said to me, is this how you celebrate going on a retreat with your sponsor? And the disgust in his voice was almost too much for me to bear. Um, I was really kind of devastated. And um, I don't know if I did it that day. I don't know if I did it the next day. I just know that during that week, I, um, I, I made an appointment with a, a doctor who I had seen right before I'd gone into the treatment program. And I went and I asked him for abuse. Hmm. And um, I had been, antibuse had been suggested to me once by hmm. someone. And I rejected the notion, and, but I didn't know too much about it. When I asked the doctor for antibuse, um, the first thing he said to me was, he didn't even ask me about my drinking. He just said, you could die. And um, I said, but I, I've got to stop. I just have to stop. And, and so, you know, he gave me good direction. Um, and I followed that direction. He told me that uh, to take my antibuse in the morning when I was strong, he used those exact words. And that worked for me um, because... I almost all addicts are strong in the morning. Everybody wakes up with that resolve. Today, I'm not going to smoke today. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to drink right. today. I'm, you know. The, and, tell me about the. I remember you told, telling me a little story about your sobriety date, the abuse and the, oh God, the little so game sick. you played yes. with your. I called the doctor. I made the appointment. I went and saw the doctor on um, November 28th, and he said, "Could you not drink t- today? The rest of today." And, um, and then start taking it tomorrow because you cannot take it with any alcohol in your system. And I said, okay. And then I went home and I realized the date and my original sobriety date had been December 1st. So I drank that day and I drank the next day. And, or no, I didn't, you know, I don't drank the next day and I didn't drink on December 1st. So I had the same sobriety date. And, you, you know, like I... you thought ahead so you could have the same... Every time I tell that story, I thank God that I still started taking the antibuse when I did. Because I know for a fact there's every chance that that resolve would have gone 
and I would have thrown those pills away. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm lucky. Yeah, or that was a miracle. Exactly. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of times people get sober because they feel that there's divine inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that um, I wasn't there. My divine inspiration was actually in asking for the interviews. Yeah. I, I, I believe that today. And I know a lot of recovery um, professionals don't like an abuse. It is a dangerous thing. Um, but I think in some instances it's helpful. Um, some people in recovery didn't like me sharing that I was on abuse, that I had been on an abuse or that I took, an, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then some people that I thought were absolute gods in the program would share with me that they got sober taking an abuse. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's for some people. It's not for everybody. Yeah. I, I also know people who did drink on an abuse and landed in the hospital. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And whether, you know, to me, like what, the way you explain it, the miracle was the asking. Right. The right. abuse did its job. It did its job. That's a, it was a totally psychological job, obviously. But, it, but if, had you not asked for it in the first place, right. it wouldn't have been, you know, right. so, yeah. so you found the willingness or what? To put, I, what it was, was I was willing to put something in, in between me and a drink. Right. And that's what I did. Right. As I put something in between me and a drink. Unfortunately, it had to be an abuse, but at least it was something. You know, um, whatever it takes. And whatever it takes. You know, whatever it takes. And that's how I felt. Finally, I got to there. Yeah. What's it going to take? And I knew that my keen, analytical, alcoholic mind <laughs> will get me to a drink every single time. But if I took the abuse, it wouldn't. Right. So I knew that. I knew that much about myself. So I did it. Yeah, and you're, yeah. The other, t- the other, uh, the subtitle to your story could be, she knew a lot, <laughs> just not quite enough. Yeah, or just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> so you took how long did you take the interviews? Um, I took it every single day for I think three years. Mm-hmm. I took it every other day for another three years. Mm-hmm. And. and in what fact, like? I just got rid of pills and abuse. Uh, at, you know, a, you take them to the, um, yeah. the drop-offs. Yeah. Because I didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> I just got rid of some just like five years ago. Okay. Yeah. So what was it like for you when you finally decided not to take the abuse anymore? By that time, it was kind of a no-brainer. It was just like, you know, you're just doing this just to do it. I mean, I was, I was ensconced in the program. I, I had uh, worked all my steps. I, you know, I, I was sponsoring people. Drink was not an issue. Yeah. And, and really, drink became not an issue fairly fast for me. Mm-hmm. But it had the first time, too. Yeah. Which is why I kept taking it because I knew that I was very comfortable those first 45 days. Yeah. I was quite comfortable. So the fact that I was comfortable, mm-mm. Not good enough. Not good enough for me. No. Yeah. I, I, had to, I had to have that one thing between me and any chance of a drink. And that's really, I mean, I, I think that's really a good message for people because I, I hear people say all the time, oh, yeah, I can quit drinking. I quit drinking, I, I, and everything is fine. I feel, I feel fine. And as soon as I hear that, I think, oh. Oh no, because oh, you'll no. start again. <laughs> yeah, because maybe you know, don't get too comfortable. Yeah, yeah it's, you can't it's, get too comfortable. It's much more subtle than that. It's not mm. about 
it's about what, what goes on between the ears, not Absolutely what goes on in the, in the hand around the can or the hand Which around the bottle. Which is why I'm still on the program. It's what goes yeah. on between the ears. Right. I know if I don't keep coming and keep hearing and, and keep listening to myself and what goes on between my ears and mm-hmm. check on that, mm-hmm. um, I'll start thinking it's okay. And it's not Do you okay. ever hear circus music? <laughs> <laughs> the calliope. No, is that a problem for you? <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 we can yeah, talk about yeah, that. So, you yeah. want to talk now? Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the circus music. I think sometimes I hear yours, which is, <laughs> which is really it's strange. It's turned up real of loud in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> so you... Uh, you have to keep going here. I mean, I do keep going. Yeah. 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 You can't. Um, no resting on my laurels. No resting on the laurels. And you know, I, I'm always learning. Have you learning. kept changing? Do you think? Yes, I have. Um, some people might not think so, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I find that I'm able to. Whenever I get uncomfortable, the programs taught me how to like look at that. Yeah. And to me, that's so huge because it used to be that if I got uncomfortable, it was about everybody else mm. or everything else or, you know, and it's not like, about you, not about me. No, I could never be at fault or be a problem or maybe look at things the wrong way. And now I know that um, probably 95 percent of the time it has something to do with how I'm looking at something or something I've caused um, or maybe my ego Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different facets to the things that that make us um, comfortable or uncomfortable, right. or irritated or not irritated, calm, happy. Do you think alcoholics are different that way? Well, I'm not positive. We might be a little more um, enhanced or the volume's up on for us. Yeah. And if it's not that the volume's up, it's that we cope with it with alcohol, and so we have to cope with it some other way. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe other people just cope. I don't know, because I'm an alcoholic, so I don't know. What other people do. Yeah. Just know what you do. Yeah, I just know what I can, well, what I I think can that's do. Well, I think mean, that's a good analogy, that, that, that maybe the volume's up a little higher on some of these character problems, and so it just makes it a little bit more important to deal with things a different way. Right, exactly. A new way of life. Right, and and maybe the volume maybe that's why <coughs> maybe that's why I drank. I don't know. I you know, I drank cuz I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe these things are it's all wrapped up in the same thing. Yeah. But you're not it doesn't sound like you're you're very you're highly concerned about the reasons. Not really. <laughs> More I'm, concerned with what you're doing right about with yourself today. Right. Right. Um, we're pro- we, we, we have a couple more minutes, and I wanted to make sure I got, uh, I got this one in, which is um, what, would you, what would you say to a person who um, is, was in more or less in your shoes, what, was having trouble staying, so coming to, coming to AA, but, um, but drinking either periodically or regularly and then lying about you know, it. No, I, I share a lot of meetings what my experience was so I, that people no, know yeah. where I came from. Right. Because I was told you will be uniquely <clears throat> able to help mm-hmm. somebody in your shoes. Right. And there's, um, so when I share, uh, sometimes people will come up to me and say, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. 
or I've done that. Uh, usually if I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually there's no need if they've done it and they've gotten sober. But it's usually I'm doing that. Right. And um, to those people, I normally say, first, do not leave. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, just just keep coming back. Right. I have a bracelet that says keep coming back no matter what. Um, that, was, that was my mantra because mm-hmm. a lot of people say don't drink no matter what. Keep coming back no matter I what. I said keep coming back no matter what. It was a big deal in California with the singing. They'd sing happy birthday and then they'd say keep coming back without a drink. I used to cringe every time I heard that. Yeah, keep coming back, fine, but the, without the yeah, drink Yeah, without a drink yeah. and, you know, and sober and all this. And so I stood up on my first birthday anniversary i stood up in front of i think it was like 200 people in that room and i said don't sing that for me sing keep coming back no matter what because that's what i had to do to get sober um i just had somebody two weeks ago tell me that uh he is having these same problems and i did tell him just keep coming back if somebody I have had numerous people delve a little deeper into how I got sober. And whenever I shared the abuse thing, it's fascinating to me how many are, they're just like I was the first time it was mentioned to me. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not me. And, and I don't say this to them, but it's like if you're totally, totally against that, my guess is you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I asked for it. Yeah. It wasn't even suggested when I got it. It had some, been suggested a year before. There's some other stuff out there now, too. I, evidently, there is. I don't know too much about it. But, yeah, yeah stuff that takes away the high or... Yeah, there's yeah. something called Vivitrol, which is a shot that lasts 30 days. Seriously, but is it like abuse where it makes you sick if you drink? Well, it takes it reduces craving. It's not reduces quite the craving. Same it's as a anabuse. different thing because abuse yeah. does not reduce craving. No, supposedly. It makes except you sick. in me, except in me, is like. I couldn't drink all of a sudden, bingo, didn't want to. Right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't necessarily right. the physical properties of, of the drug itself. Well, it's it no, was because the, there is no physical property. That's the, that's the yeah. wall you need. I was that scared. Mm-hmm. I was that scared. It was just like, uh, no, mm-hmm. not, not for me. So, But I, I have suggested it to probably in the last uh, 18 years, I've suggested it to probably 25 people. Yeah. And uh, as far as I know, not one person has ever done it. So, you know, I don't preach it. Absolutely do not preach it because I'm afraid somebody will take it and, and die, you know? Yeah, so but it, it worked it, for you. It and, worked for me. And it's a good thing. But I knew it would thing, work for me. And it's a good thing for people to know. That right. Was your, that was your willingness. Uh, right. That was your I willingness. I think it just depends point. on the personality and, and where you are right. in wanting to get sober. Right. If you're as desperate as I was. You'll take it. Right. <laughs> so what, what was your, what, what was once your biggest liability has now become an asset? Yes, I hope so. I think so. Uh, I mean, I think it's an asset. I think it's a good thing for people to hear what you're saying right now. Whoever's mm-hmm. listening and whoever's mm-hmm. going to listen to this show will hear, and this will be around a while, and people can listen to it whenever yeah. they choose to. And it's just, it's a, it's a good message, and it's a, it's a good thing that you bring. So I appreciate your time and I appreciate you coming out tonight. To well, thank you. I appreciate you asking to me. Talk, uh, to talk to us. What's that studio audience? Sit down. Down in front. So thanks to, for uh, coming tonight, Kathy. I appreciate you coming out and thanks to our listeners and our studio audience. That's me. Our regular. 
Tom F. Um, and uh, we'll email out reminders for next week's show, usually Thursday or Friday. And uh, if you want to get on our email list, go to recoveryinternetradio.com, and you can uh, check out all the archive shows there, and you can also get on the email list. We'd love to hear from you if you so inclined to go to our website. So as always, live today and love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you at 7 p.m. next Sunday evening. Thanks for coming.